I've got sunshine on a cloudy day. <laughs> but it's hot outside and it ain't even May. Very hot. <laughs> Very hot. Oh my goodness. <sighs> Welcome to the JB Font Show. My name is James Fontlemore, your host. It's so good to see all of you here joining me once again today. Uh, just to let you guys know the JB Font Show is available on all major podcast platforms like Anchor, Apple, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, so you can subscribe to me there. I'm also part of the Revolutionary Blackout Network, so you can catch me on RBN Live on Tuesdays at 4 and on the Savvy and JB Show on Thursdays at 6. Today, I also would like to give a welcome and a shout out to everybody who's a patron on Patreon and Coffee. Thank you so much to everyone who helps keep the lights on, literally. I, I thank you from the top and bottom of my heart. Today, I have a very special guest, one of my RBN comrades, my sister from another mister, the hostess with the mostest. We have Savvy Savs here with me today. Savvy, good afternoon. So good to see you. Now, Welcome, JB. <laughs> <laughs> Mm. So you were literally my first guest on my channel, right? So clap it up, clap it up, everybody, <laughs> clap it up for steps. And so first of all, I actually want to give a big thank you because of you taking a chance on me and my tiny itty bitty channel. That meant something. And the thing is, is as you're trying to start out, you know, I remember you speaking about when you first started your channel, it was hard for you to get guests. And through your empathy and kindness, you were like, you know what? I'm going to come on my brother's show. And that means a lot because, you know, without people like you and Rome, Nick, CJ, Josana, you know, people of RB, the people who were, you know, people, former and present members of RBN. Would my channel have taken off as quickly as it has? I don't think so. And so I just want to give a big thank you to, you know, to you. Oh, thanks so much, JB. Yeah, I uh, I remember what that was like, like very early on in the beginning, like for people like me yeah. that had like, my channel was very small back then. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I remember how hard it was to get guests because some people will only come on if you have a certain sub count. And... I told myself, like, if I ever got to the point where I was able to get bigger guests on, I told myself once my channel started to grow that I would never be that way, that yeah. I would never say no to someone because they don't have a large audience. Because I, I know, like, how how hard it is when people don't know you. Yeah, definitely. And um, how long has your channel been around, Savvy? Uh, exactly. About a year and a half now. Yeah, because I started uh, my show last January. It was right after Force the Vote was when I started my show. That really pushed me to, <laughs> it pushed me to act. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that, that, that pushed you to act. So about a year and a half. And in a year and a half, you're almost to 20,000 subscribers. You're at 19.5 thousand subscribers now. And what a ride, right? 
It's crazy. I really can't believe it. Like, I really can't. Like, sometimes I wonder if the number is real. Like, I'm like, is this real? Like, how is this happening? I, I, I don't know. But uh, yeah, a lot has happened in a short amount of time. Now, granted, I would argue if this was like three and a half, four years ago, I think a lot of us would have more subs than we do now because independent media wasn't suppressed so much back then. Uh, yeah. But still, the fact that we've made it this far uh, through all the suppression and the censorship, I think is is amazing. Well, you're absolutely right. And I think that part of it also has to do with uh, the, the, the messaging has shifted, right? Uh, mm -hmm. Think about think about it this way. So for for those of us who are more of. I'm going to say it like this. People like yourself and me are what I would call policy loyalists, right? And because we're policy loyalists, it doesn't matter who does the policy and it doesn't matter who, where it comes from as long as it's done done as the as the verb done right mm -hmm. there's some in this space that i would consider more democratic party loyalists see what I, see where i'm going and so because of that that it feels like i'll put it this way if Trump suddenly switched to the Democratic Party, some of them will be backing him. Am I am I wrong about that? Right. Right. Because it's all about the party. It's not about they're not as much focused on the policies per se. They're focused on vote blue no matter who. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that because there's this shift of it's I there's a shift from there is just to stay stick within the party and hope for the best versus those of us that are saying okay it didn't work let's go let's move right. out you know and and we're like it's broken we ain't gonna try to fix it so we're gonna go and i think that a lot of us uh have seen this you know happen over time i mean a lot of us were were on the Democratic Party train. I know you said that you were, you know, back in the day. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I I definitely was. I mean, I voted for uh, Andrew Gillum. You know, that was my first vote ever was for Andrew Gillum, and uh, look how that turned out. Look at Florida. So, <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's not. Look, it is. The, the, the situation in Florida is definitely worse than sugar and grits. I'll tell you that much. So, you know, I, I, I was waiting to put that in there, you know. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. So, you know. But I'm going to ask you this. I, you know what? This question just came to my head, and I'm sorry. But out of all the guests that you had so far, what is the one guest that surprised you the most? It wasn't, you were, it, it, it could be a good surprise or not so good surprise, but it was just like, I wasn't expecting that. Like, do you have in mind, I don't, I don't mean to put you on the spot so much, but is there one that you have like, wow, I wasn't expecting that, that response. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> I, I, I've interviewed a lot of people, but I would have to say the one that jumps out most recently is Jesse Ventura. Uh, <laughs> it definitely surprised me during that interview. I was not expecting 
<laughs> I was not expecting those responses. And I didn't know uh, when I contacted him for the interview at the time, I didn't know that he was a part of the forward party. I didn't know that. So yeah. I, I was surprised. Like all of that was new to me. Um, but yeah, I definitely, uh, <laughs> there were some funny moments, you know, when he was talking about, uh, uh, people don't want a Republican in the bedroom. Like that was hilarious to me. Uh, that but I think, funny. yeah, I, I, I was surprised like with him being a part of the forward party and him saying, you know, that he, he didn't really agree with canceling student loan debt. So that one was also a surprise to me. So I think he threw me the most curveballs because I really was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> that was the most speechless. <laughs> yeah. I can say as a viewer, and I can think, you know, you have a lot of your viewers in the chat right now, mutual viewers between us, that were like, how's Sabby going to, what's Sabby going to do for this one? <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> you know that you know that uh that one picture that from Key and Peel where where uh Jordan Peel and he's like sweating like profusely <laughs> he was looking at the TV I was looking at the TV like what's Sabby gonna say now? Sab <laughs> we yeah, I really didn't know because I, I saw him do an interview on uh Vanguard, I, I think it was yeah. a while back. Um and you know, I always watch interviews uh, before someone comes on. So if I have a guest that's coming on, I always watch previous interviews so I know how they interview. Um, mm -hmm. I, I think that's a good tip, by the way, for people who are wondering, like, how I go about doing this. But I think that um, <laughs> I, I was I was just surprised. I did not know he was he was along with the forward party. So uh, I, I know, like, that must have been a more recent thing, because, like I said, when I saw him on uh, on uh, Vanguard, that wasn't the case. Yeah. It's it's funny that you mentioned that that particular one, because <laughs> I got to tell you, this is actually one of the ones that I actually have primed to go. <laughs> <laughs> so those of you who don't follow Savvy Savvy, this is what I'm referring to. So it's going to be a twist in the interview that I wasn't expecting, but this is just look at. <laughs> Let's just go. And I'll tell you right now, Sabrina, 2024 is prime. Yes, that's what I was saying. I was just telling you. 2024 is prime. Oh, let me tell you why. Andrew Yang and the forward party is going forward. Big curveball! <laughs> And I was just like, <laughs> did not expect that. So, did not expect that. Yeah. And I mean, there was this point where, you know, he, he talks further and actually let me put this clip uh, in, in the chat. So if anybody hasn't seen it yet, they can go and watch it later, but it's a really good interview. <laughs> I mean, you know, even though there was a curveball, it was a really great interview. And one of the things that I uh, wanted to uh, actually, you know what? Let's let's let it play just for a couple more seconds because there's something that I wanted to talk about too. Now, this is a party made up of a lot of forward thinking. Let's get things done. 
not necessarily on the fringe, call us the dirty word that many of us are, is centrists, you know, us dirty centrists. Who Now, the whole centrist argument, Sabs, here's my thing. When you think about truly what the censor is, in your mind, what is the censor? Whose politics uh, to you represent the true center? I'm not talking about the center within just the United States. I'm talking about the center as far as worldwide. Who, who do you, who do you, is your interviews more of a centrist? I don't know. I, in, in terms of like globally, but I do know that uh, Bill Clinton was referred to as a centrist. Um, so that's, that's who I think of, like when people say centrist, yeah. I'll also add to though, I think that, I think that people really need to listen to, uh, Kim Iverson's explanation of the forward party, because I've heard Andrew Yang go on multiple interviews and talk about what it is. He does not go as in depth yeah. as Kim did. And Kim actually broke it down to where it's like, oh, okay, this all makes sense. Now, this isn't necessarily a political party per se. They, they are trying to basically get all the hurdles out of the way for people that are third-party candidates to be able to run, like ranked choice voting. So I think like Kim breaks it down a lot better than I do, but I think it needs to be explained that way from everyone that goes onto these shows to talk about it because people are really confused. And when you ask, like, what are the policies, and Andrew Yang says – well, you know, no, like you have to explain to people why there aren't policies and you do that by explaining to them what this actually is. So Kim yeah. said that she would call this more of a caucus, not so much yeah. a political party. So I think that's important, but, but still centrist, like it's, it's a turnoff for me. Uh, I don't want another Bill Clinton, right? Like I'm, I'm further to the left. I consider myself to be a Marxist. So when you say centrist to me, like, I'm not trying to go back. Mm-hmm. If, if we're going yeah. forward, because supposed to be a forward party, if we're going forward, why are we doing this a centrist way? That's yeah. going backwards. So Yeah. Well, I, I mean, like, for instance, uh, if, you, if you look at it from a global perspective, as far as the Overton window is concerned, from when I look at somebody at Bill Clinton, I see him as a right winger. So he may be censored in the United States, but as far as the globally, he's a right winger. Mm. So to me, it's like, okay, so Jesse Ventura said that he believes in universal health care and things like that. That being that being said, if he considers himself a centrist, and if he was going to endorse somebody like Bernie Sanders, he was thinking about it, then that means that somebody with his ideology or Bernie Sanders ideology really is the true center. I mean, look right. at the, the look at what uh, you know. Look at the polls for Medicare for all. You know, in regards to Democrats, Republicans, uh, Independents. I mean, it's the majority of the country actually wants a single payer healthcare system at the very least, right? Yeah. That's not actually a left policy. That's really a centrist policy. And so, when it comes to the center. When I look at people like Andrew Yang, and he won't even embrace or even talk about a universal healthcare system, that for and I'm talking about for myself, 
that gives me a little bit of a, a a red flag because it's like, okay, so you're talking about being in the center and you're not even truly embracing true centrist policies. You're going by the center, the center, which is really on the right. And that's what it feels like to me. So, but at the same time is, you know, and, and I was uh, listening to your interview with Kim Iverson, very great interview as well, by the way, anybody who's watching should watch that as well. Her explanation does make sense in, 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 the, in the sense that, well, if you're going to have, you know, a caucus like that, that just brings down the hurdles. And I said this before, I don't really necessarily agree with the forward party, but if it's going to do the dirty work of knocking down those hurdles, so then the Green Party and the PSL and Socialist Alternative can breeze through right after them, I'm not necessarily upset about it. You know what I mean? Because the thing right. is, it's kind of like it's kind of like okay. You know how Rome says that he's not necessarily for Russia, but he's glad that Putin is doing the dirty work of getting rid of the Nazis. Right. I kind of look at the forward party like that. It's kind of like, I'm not really with you, but I'm not going to stop you because if you're going to knock down these hurdles for the third parties to come through, I, I'm going to let you go. I'm not going to, I'm not going to attack you that much because really, I mean, who, cause it's not the forward party that's preventing Matthew Ho from being able to get on the ballot in North Carolina. It's the Democrats. Right. You know? It's not, you know, the forward party that's actually doing all the red line, excuse me, the redlining, you know, that has been consistently done, you know, uh, especially as far as, uh, you know, uh, preventing, you know, poor and black people, you know, people typically on the left from voting, you know, and, you know, doing the, uh, what's the, what's the word, gerrymandering. So. Yep. I'm like, okay, I don't like you, but do your thing so that we can do ours. So, I, and I know some people may look at me and go, JB, but, you know, you know, Andrew Yang, you know, is uh, kind of a technocrat. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. But. But it's not honestly, a political party. And I think that, yeah. see, that's, that's why the messaging I think is key. And that's why I wish. Yeah. Like, I'm going to, tr again, try to see if I can uh, interview Andrew Yang, because the way that he's delivering the message about it, it's not helping. Uh, I saw him on Rising recently talking about he still is for UBI, but then he went on to say, but he knows it's not going to be an option, so he's not going to push it. And it's, it's, you know, it just sends up a lot of these red flags. Like, people are confused. Uh, if you say that a Republican can be a part of the forward party, people are like, what are you talking about? Like, it's you have to explain what it is. And when you look at the website, now that Kim broke that down, now when I look at the website, it makes sense. But before Kim explained it in detail like she did, the website to me didn't really make sense because, like I said, I was like, where are the policies, you know? So I yeah. think... Andrew has to stop saying, yeah, we started this new third political party. You need to tell people exactly what it is and what's the function of four party. And he hasn't really explained yeah. that in depth. Yeah, that, that needs to be done. Um, and, you know, kind of uh, pivoting a little bit, 
you actually talked about third parties with uh, Rokana. <laughs> row, row, row your boat, um, Rokana. And that was a really interesting, um, that was an interesting exchange in, in, in that, um, Savvy, you kind of laid the smack down a little bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm a, look, a lot of us here, and I think I can speak for my audience as well as your joint audience, that we were pretty proud of you in this moment. <laughs> so uh, we, we were. So let, let's give a listen really quick, and then I'll meet you on the other side. So, As an African-American, uh, Barack Obama was not good for us. He militarized the police. Black Lives Matter Ferguson happened under his presidency. Obama increased police funding. So you have black neighborhoods that, that are more so targeted by the police because of Barack Obama. So just because he was the first you know, black president, that doesn't mean that he was doing the right things. And I have to tell you that when it comes to the Democratic Party, this idea of identity politics, it's not selling well with people. You can't just be the first black this or the first Asian that. You have to actually do something for the people that's going to actually help and transform their lives. Well, I do think President Obama did a lot to, to help people's lives. I mean, he uh, got the Affordable Care Act. Millions of people didn't have health care insurance. We were in one of the greatest recessions, the, uh, and he rescued us from one of the greatest recessions. He had checks on Wall Street's excesses with Dodd-Frank. Do I think we need more? Uh, of course. I wish we get the $15 minimum wage, Medicare for all. But President uh, Obama made uh, significant progress. And I do think I, I, I agree with you that we need a universal message and focusing on policy, but I don't think we can discount the achievement of someone after 250 years of slavery and 100 years of Jim Crow to have the first person of color in the Western world, not just America, and, and what Barack Obama represented because of his uh, sheer tenacity. Uh, I think he is someone worthy of admiration. Now, of course, I'm biased. I, I worked in, in his administration, but I am uh, committed to building on that and building in a very, uh, very progressive direction with some of the policies that we've discussed. But Rokana, Barack Obama bailed out Wall Street instead of the American people. I remember 08 very well, very well. When you had all these banks stealing black people's homes, Barack Obama chose to bail out Wall Street. OK, so I messed up. I meant to go to the one where you talk about third parties, but I kept it going because this part was so rich. I just could savvy, savvy. I couldn't. I can't. I, I can't. I just can't. <laughs> but that point was he was he was. You said you knocked down the entire point of identity politics in regards to not delivering uh, concrete tangibles for us and then what does Rokana do he then starts going on the optics of it all and not talking about the concrete tangibles of it you can't make this stuff up I'm savvy like what were your thoughts at, at that point when he was like well Obama was the first black it, it was almost like just because he's it's, it's almost like you're saying just because he's the first black president doesn't actually mean he actually did things for us. 
he didn't do anything for us, and these are the examples. And it seems like, and it sounds like Joe Connor was going, but he was still the first black president. It's like, <laughs> what did I just say? <laughs> like, I want savvy to, I wanted you to just say, like a teacher, what did I just say? <laughs> yeah, I, I think <sighs> that moment was a bit frustrating because I, I was, th- I, I wish I would have said what I was thinking. Actually, no, I, I, this would have been really bad. But at that time, what I was thinking was, I can't believe you're trying to use identity politics on a black woman right now. I really <laughs> cannot believe you're doing, you're pulling this with me right now, man. Like, I, I just, to me, you know, he did exactly what I predicted he would do. Uh, so another thing I, I, I tell people, I watch the way that people interview with people before I interview them. And he followed it to a T. I said, watch. Even after I mentioned how identity politics is not selling well with people, which he needs to hear because that's something the Democratic Party continues to do, I guarantee he's going to bring it right back and throw in identity politics. And he did. And he made the mistake of uh, talking about the financial crisis. So I knew I could bring up Wall Street, how Obama bailed out Wall Street instead of the American people. He did exactly what I thought that he would do. There was nothing that he did that was surprising to me. And I think that is the essence of a politician. This is what they do. So Rokana has mastered the political speech. He knows. Uh-oh. Did my internet go out? Or am I still alive? Can you hear me? Froze? Savvy froze? Oh, man. Hopefully she can uh, log out and come back in. Okay, it must be Savvy's in. <sighs> Dang it. They got it. They got us again. Well, she'll be back. Um, internet issues. Uh, anyway, so uh, when she, before she comes back, uh, let's get into this super chat really quick. Thank you for Snork Y2K. Uh, saying, let me translate Kana's eye movements. Oh, F. <laughs> Why can't my phone ring? Or maybe I can get card checks. <laughs> oh, gosh. I was looking at his eyes, too. Like, I wanted to comment on that, too. Because I was just like, Ro Kana. Like, what's going on? But, yeah. So. She's back! <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, my Wi-Fi has been finicky. I had to jump on a mobile hotspot. But I was going to say, um, I don't think he expected me to tell him that, you know, Black people are leaving the Democratic Party, that you can't win without the African-American vote. I don't think he was expecting to hear that. I could tell by the look on his face. But he needed to hear these things. So yeah. some people were like, why are you doing this interview? Why are you talking to Rokana? And I've told people multiple times on my show, I will talk to anyone. That doesn't mean yeah. I agree with them. And I wanted him to hear 
those things that I had to say because nobody is saying this to him. I've seen Rokana do multiple interviews, whether it's on independent media, whether it's on mainstream media. No one is telling him the things that I told him in that interview. And I wanted him to hear from people who are working class. I wanted him to hear how people who are poor feel in this country right now, not just the middle class. I'm tired of hearing about it's always about the middle class yada, yada, left versus right. He needs to hear about how working class and poor people are struggling in this country and about how black people are starting to feel about the Democratic Party. And so that's why I pressed him when it came to reparations. That's why I told him there's, you know, a whole group of African-Americans saying they're not going to vote if you don't, if you guys don't give uh, black people reparations. And I'm sorry, but that's what needs to happen. They're not going to do anything. They're just, they're all clowns. It's just literally political theater. So I wanted him to know what's up. <laughs> well, no, and, and I, I'm glad that you did. One of the things that is a great tool of having a platform is that when you invite people like this on, it's not necessarily for giving them a platform, but it's revealing truly who they are. The thing is, is that we will ask the questions and then we will watch them answer and see how they answer when it comes to actual real questions that push against the narratives that they set or that they go along with, especially in corporate media. And so a lot of the independent outlets, the independent outlets that they go on or the corporate media always tends to keep within a certain lane. And when they stay in that lane, then it's safe for them. It's always safe, right? Even Fox News is safe. Because they know that it's still within the two-party system, right? And so then when you come on Savvy Sabs, RBN, Mikasa Sukasa, INN, Jimmy Dore, JB Font, right? You're not going to get that same standard du- you know, duopoly you know, talking points or questioning or narrative that they're used to. So now you're getting them, you know, they have to bob and weave and they can barely do it because they've been confined to these guardrails for so long. And so then you just revealed. And so that's one of the reasons why I am actually happy that you had that interview because it shows us so much. Because the thing is, is that people like Rokana, you know, they know how to say the right things, right, to certain people who may be propagandized or maybe brainwashed. But for us, we're like, yeah, no. Uh, you know, what do you, because my question would have been, what do you think about nationalizing the entire healthcare system? Right. And hey, look, speaking of healthcare, he didn't tweet out about the marches for, had it not been for me asking him about those marches in the interview, would he have tweeted out the march for Medicare for all that was happening that same week? No, I don't think so. Nope. Because the organizers saw the interview and then they tagged him in, on Twitter and said, wait a minute, what are you talking about? We mm-hmm. met with you. You know exactly who we are. We told you about the marches. And so that put pressure on him to say something about it on Twitter. Yeah. And then also, I don't know if people saw this as my Paul all tweeted it out after that. So it's like, no more. There's no more you pretending like you don't know these things are happening. It's right there where you work. So. We just, you have to put that kind of pressure on them and you have to let people know that, look, we know what's up. Yeah, exactly. So uh, needless to say, 
you know, congratulations on that interview. You did a, you did a fantastic and amazing job, and we're proud of you for doing it. So, um, oh, thanks, thing, JB. <laughs> so the next thing that I actually want to touch on, um, is since we're on the subject of Democrats, let let let's stick with this theme. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Case Study QB because Case is killing the game. <laughs> especially when it comes to doing these clips because he has he has the patience of a saint more patience than I ever can have in covering and watching these videos <laughs> and clipping number one I hate editing so that's why you don't see that many clips I need to work on it yes I know however it takes patience to do that and to watch this content it also takes an even larger amount of patience so Respect, put some respect on K-State QB's name, okay? Thank you. That's and, right. And fo please follow him. Um, but I want to <laughs> – this is Bill Maher. I'm sorry, Saps. I'm sorry. But this is Bill Maher. <laughs> and oh, no. I just I just wanted to give you a heads up to let you know that that show was copyright. You can oh, probably still play it, but you might get a copyright claim after. Yeah, Bill Maher real time is copyright. That's why I stopped playing his clips on my on my channel. Uh, okay. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here's here's what I'll do. I can summarize it for you because I don't feel like I have to deal with a copyright claim. But <laughs> what? <laughs> screw Bill Maher. Anyway, so what happened was uh, they were basically talking about um, they were basically talking about uh, terrorism. And they were talking about how uh, terrorism, you know, that they need to go after the people who committed terrorist acts, uh, even if the terrorist had done something years prior, just like, you know, how they're going after still, people still want to go after Nazis, even if the Nazis are 100 years old, you know, they still did what they did, they still need to be tried for their crimes, right? And they were talking about doing it to the terrorists, you know, people who are part of Al-Qaeda, ISIS, blah, blah, blah. Matt Taibbi chimes in and says, well, we have to be careful because the what we have been doing, well, not we, but as the United States government has been doing, it's been going after uh, terrorists and... Is this the same one? I'm trying to think. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I was thinking about a different one. Um, he's talking about the Pied Piper strategy. Uh, he's talking about the Pied Piper strategy, how... I don't know where I got that. Oh, I watched that clip earlier. Sorry. So he's talking about the Pied Piper strategy, about how a lot of Democrats right now are... Uh, giving money to far-right Republicans in order to prop them up so that they can run against them and make them look like, oh, well, look at this person, right? That being said, uh, Matt Taibbi actually brings up the Pied Piper strategy that was released after the Podesta emails through WikiLeaks. And so mm -hmm. uh, Matt Taibbi basically says that Hillary Clinton did the exact same thing. We have to be very careful about 
what the you know the Democrats are doing because if they're going to do this, then if Trump won and if the Democrats do this again, this could be a lot more little baby Trumps, so to speak, Trump juniors, you know, within the government. And so I wanted to show that to get your reaction based on Bill Maher being alarmed about this. What do you think? Well, it doesn't surprise me that Bill Maher was alarmed because he doesn't seem to, he doesn't do his research. Like he has guests that come on a show and educate him about politics, especially left uh, politics. But if you notice, Bill Maher is not aware. Uh, when Crystal Ball came on to Bill Maher's show and he was talking about the stock market and she had to tell him that the stock market did did crash. Uh, Bill Maher was not aware of that. He didn't do his research. So, But at the same time, the message that he is telling his audience is dangerous because in a sense that like they are not willing, some of them are not going to be willing to do their research based on what he says either. So they just believe what Bill Maher says. So if Bill Maher says something like Joe, Joe Biden is a radical leftist or um, uh, yeah, radical leftist or socialist or whatever, how many people that watch Bill Maher are actually going to do the research to see if that's true or not? Uh, so yeah. he doesn't, this is just something I've noticed with that show. It doesn't seem like to me, he actually does any research. He just gets up there and he talks and he brings these guests on, which continue to get people to watch the show, the people that he bring on, and they're supposed to come in and they're supposed to educate the audience. But a lot of times it seems like they're educating Bill Maher at the same time. So no, Bill Maher probably didn't know about the Pied Piper strategy. But again, like I said, like he doesn't do research. He just gets up there and talks and just throws things out. Yeah, I I, I just think it's rich coming from Bill Maher to to do this when he's uh, attacking many of us on the left for not voting for Hillary Clinton, even though for all intents and purposes, you can blame the presidency of Donald Trump on Hillary Clinton. Because of and the Obama. Yeah, and Obama. And so the thing is that for somebody like Bill Maher to now start, you know, blowing the whistle, it's like, uh, no, you need to you need to give a few apologies out first. Mm-hmm. Because you've been mm-hmm. blaming the far left on Hillary Clinton not winning when really it was Hillary Clinton that gave us Trump in the first place. And I find it funny that the news coming out about Trump, his Mar-a-Lago home being raided by the FBI, and people are talking about, oh, and Nina Turner even saying, well, this is the beginning of tearing down fascism. It's like, no, if fascism was, if, if Trump was the beginning of fascism, then who brought it in? Right. Right. I mean, well, yeah, I saw that tweet from her, too, when I responded and I said, uh, no, I said Biden is also fascist. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's just, you know, everyone has a role that they're playing here and, you know, they're they're doing what works for their careers. They're doing what is going to make them money. Everyone has their role. Uh, There are very few people that are doing this because they really want change and they really want to help the people. Most people are out for themselves first. And I think that's important for people to understand. Then you understand why people have some of the talking points uh, that they have. But Bill Maher is just, I don't know why people continue to go on there. I I don't know why leftists continue to go on the Bill Maher show, maybe just to educate his audience. But you have to understand about him. He is rich. 
Bill Maher does not need any of these policies that we are fighting for. He doesn't need the health care. He doesn't need to cancel student loan debt. He doesn't need paid family leave. He's a millionaire. He is rich. Yeah. He He's not really going to get it. He's not living that life. So to him, all of these things are far radical because he doesn't need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I know you're going to be talking about the Mar-a-Lago, I think it's tonight on your stream. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'm not going to get too deep into it because I, I know you have your thoughts for your show. But I... If you'll, if you'll, you know, entertain, you know, if you'll humor me really quick. Um, <clears throat> Candace Owens. <laughs> <laughs> All I got to do is say her name and we start laughing. <laughs> Candace Owens. I'm going to read this, uh, it, 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 you know, it, as dramatically as I possibly can. So. Uh, so anybody wants to recruit me for being an actor, you know, take notice, clip this and send it to a recruiter or, or a producer. Anyway, Candace Owens says the FBI must, must be legally and formally dissolved. What happened to president Trump is positively <laughs> stunning and a mark of unchecked government power. I no longer recognize the country I live in, Left or right, we must all come together to fight this evil. <laughs> Savvy. Why is this why is this ironic? You know, again, like everyone has their role. Candace Owens has a role too. Like the only reason she's speaking out against this is because it happened to her party. If it was a Democrat politician, she would not be saying the FBI should be dissolved. Everyone's playing their part here. Candace Owens is known for hypocrisy. Uh, She's known for, you know, saying things that are going to, I guess, really shock people. She's known for like that shock like factor. And that's how she gets paid. And that's what people need to understand. The reason why Candace Owens is as popular as she is, as she is, is because she her role that she has as a black woman on the right actually makes more money than a black woman on the left. So she's saying the things that most black people, you're not going to hear them saying like on YouTube and everything. Right. So Candace found a way to make a lot of money at this. You got to remember at one point, Candace Owens was on the left. Uh, Now Candace Owens on the right. And she's talking about things like racism isn't real, but she won't mention the fact that if racism wasn't so real for Candace Owens, she won't mention that, why did she sue the Connecticut school board for racism against her when she was in high school? So this is all, this is all a game guys. Like I'm telling you, everyone has their role that they play and Candace is just trying to get paid. She knew putting out a tweet like that would get a lot of likes and a lot of views. They're all actors. Most of them. Yeah. And you know, I mean, speaking of actors, uh, here, here's another actor that was playing a role. MTG, <laughs> the notorious MTG. <laughs> Marjorie Taylor Greene said, defund the FBI. Again, like it's like you said, right? They're playing a role. Uh, my question is, where was she during the entire defund the police movement? Right. People like her were against it. 
so you know it's like okay so it's I, I i you know and i did this you know in a short here on youtube on my channel but i find it rich that somebody like marjorie taylor green and people like candace owens want to basically get rid of or defund the fbi and my thing is okay so um are you guys also game for the nsa ice cia the the the, the police forces sheriff's offices are you guys for defunding those two no and, 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 and I and I said if you truly had that do not tread on me flag sitting in your house then what are you doing to protect black people especially unarmed black people from being shot down by police in these streets because you literally see Americans being tread on by the state and I have not heard of peep from people like Marjorie Taylor Greene or Matt Gates or or Tim Scott or uh, oh my God what's his name um, Pen, uh, the dude with the skinny dude I forgot his name um, <laughs> my, my, I'm sorry my brain is fried it's been a long day but um, but you see that they don't they don't say anything no. No, it's only what helps their party. That's it. If they really feel that way, then why didn't they say anything when FBI raided the Black Socialist Group uh, a couple weeks ago? Where was that same, you know, dissolve the FBI then? Of course not. They were all for it. So I think that, again, I just, these, they're all actors and they found a way to act really well so that they can make a lot of money off of it. Yeah. And in fact, speaking of which, uh, this happened, and we're going to talk about this really quick because I want to get your your actual thoughts on this. And so, they want to talk about the uh, the FBI. They want to cancel the FBI. It's like, okay, so are they going to be willing to do it for this story? And I'll meet you on the other side. So, take a look. My life is uh, so easy. Uh, I am not the Dr. Evil. Not Dr. Evil, but this man, Alexander Yenov, has been charged and sanctioned by the U.S. government for working with the FSB, Russian intelligence, to infiltrate American political movements. Yenov and his Russian government co-conspirators engaged in a malign influence campaign to sow discord, spread propaganda, and interfere in elections within the United States. The federal indictment describes what it only calls U.S. Political Group 1 as being co-opted by Ianoff. The description of the group leads to O'Malley Yeshatela. Are you an agent of Russia? Please. I mean, it's a really insulting question. Yeshatela is a lifelong activist and is the chairman of the African People's Socialist Party. And now, in the eyes of the U.S. government, he is an unindicted co-conspirator in a Russian plot to undermine American democracy. And he put a zip tie uh, on my wrist, and um, they wanted me to sit on the curb. Uh, he has not been charged, but his home here in St. Louis was raided by the FBI in late July. Some people see it as a badge of honor to be attacked by the United States government when you're involved in the struggle for freedom. It's attacked every struggle for freedom. Mandela was a terrorist. Uh, Martin Luther King was spied on. The Justice Department alleges Yenoff 
funded a campaign run by Yishatella's group in 2016. I can't even entertain a discussion seriously about Russian interference or something. I'm an agent of Russia. I've been doing this all my life, and I've been doing it all my life because of America, not Russia. Before I ever met a Russian, this is what I was doing. Yishatella strongly denies taking instructions from Yenov. Yishatella did travel to Russia in 2015 for a gathering of separatist groups from around the world. That event was organized by Yenov's group, the Anti-Globalization Movement of Russia. The U.S. Justice Department says that group receives funds from the Russian government and is tied to the FSB, Russian intelligence. This was a bullshit. I'm sorry. I'm not the project FSB. I'm the activist. I'm the president of anti-globalization movement of Russia. We have the many members. Russia's alleged involvement with American activist groups is nothing new. Demonstrations by anti-nuclear groups have been intensifying. President Reagan has suggested that some of the demonstrations are encouraged, even supported, by the Soviet Union. From the Soviet era to today, in 2018, Special Counsel Robert Mueller's investigation found that Russian trolls had been supporting groups on both sides of the U.S. political divide through social media. I'm 80 years old. I've lived in America all my life. I don't need any Russians to inform me of my conditions. And I'm the leader of a remarkable revolutionary organization that's intent on having freedom for my people. I don't need a Russian. Antonio Sullivan joins us now. Tony, what other political groups or movements have been targeted here? Yeah, well, what we've known down for the years, John, from what the DOJ and other U.S. agencies has dug up is Russia likes to play both sides in the U.S. We've seen them, you know. Now, I'm going to stop right there because... Savvy, can I get your thoughts on this really quick? What What do you think based on that clip? This is just another attempt of the United States government to demonize Russia, basically. Um, and they've been doing that for a long time. It didn't just start with this, this conflict uh, that's going on right now. That's been a problem for decades, actually. I mean, you have to go back to the Gorbachev days. So this, is, this has been a long... Uh, standing uh, issue here. And so, and and I want to let you know right now, if, if you think it's just going to be that group, there's going to be other groups that are going to be targeted as well. Any other group, like they could target a group like Socialist Alternatives just simply because of their name. Like th this is, I, I would honestly say, be prepared for that. Be prepared for all these other socialist organizations to become targeted as well. Uh, the United States government has basically painted Russia as the boogeyman. They're trying to do the same thing with China right now, too. And basically, I think if this is uh, unchecked, it's going to come to a point where anybody, it seems like, that has any type of affiliation with Russia or China is going to be demonized in this country. And it's going to get yeah. to a point where it's like, well, which side are you on? Are you on the American side or are you on that side? You know, and we've been through this before in this country, and I, I just don't understand. You know, I, I think a lot of it has to do with economics, uh, which I'll talk about that a little bit tonight. But I think that that is the goal here. That is the goal. So anyone who I and so the people walking around calling themselves democratic socialists, mm -hmm. they're probably not going to target them. Yeah. But the people out there call because see they still want capitalism in a sense. But the people yeah. out there calling themselves socialists, like hardcore socialists or communists, they're going to go after those groups. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that they're using 
it, it's almost like a, a, the, the whole killing two birds with one stone. So they get mm-hmm. to push the Russian propaganda, the, uh, the, the, the Russiagate propaganda, but then at the same time, they're also could go after leftist groups like this one or the Urus that were, you know, uh, you know, uh, raided in Tampa a couple weeks back. And so they can say, well, they were Russian agents, right? And then they, they talk about how, oh, Russia was interfering in our elections. And, uh, you know, let, let, let's, you know, let history define what actually happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like, no, Bobo, no, Bobo. Mm-mm. This was even recorded in Time magazine, right? So let, 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 let's harp on this. The secret story of how American advisors helped Yeltsin win. Basically, meaning that, that America, the United States, interfered in Russian elections. So mm-hmm. that, by that very notion, that this is basically the pot calling the kettle black. And Russian and has Russia even interfered in the United States elections? No. I mean, Aramante, you know, even uh, broke that down in his reporting. So with that being said, they're using this, this hysteria against Russia or China to really go after the left, to make them seem like, to make us, I should say, seem like we're foreign agents when really what it, you know, just like the gentleman said, like, no, we're not, you know, aligned with the Russian or Chinese government. We just have mm-hmm. observed what the United States government has done to us, and we're against the oppression that they have been doing. And so, that's right. You know, it's just, you know, I, I think that things, okay, let me ask you this. What, what timeline of escalation do you see these things intensifying? How long do you get it before? It, it comes to a fever pitch. I would say the next couple of years, to be honest, if nothing changes, because it's just like I said, like they're not just looking at Russia right now. They're looking at China too. And this is the thing people need to pay attention to. Like when I talk about the censorship a lot, like it's not just so-and-so got censored or so, so-and-so's video was removed. It's not just about that. It's about what is the overall message? What is really happening? What are they really trying to do? What are they really trying to say, right? So you look at something like what happened with, to Jackson Hinkle. You may not agree with Jackson Hinkle on everything, but should he be, his whole channel be demonetized because people reported because they didn't like what he was saying? You know, there are groups. I don't know if people are aware. There are groups out there, JB, Discord groups, Twitter DM groups that their sole purpose is to take people down. That is their sole purpose. And I believe, even I said this before, that I had believed that that was what happened with Jackson Hinkle. Now I see recently uh, screenshots on Twitter show that that was true. Groups just for that, to take down people who do not agree with this conflict, or excuse me, have a different talking point about this conflict that's happening with Russia. There are groups yeah. targeting people who do that. Yeah, yeah, uh, and I, I think it's 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 large. It's it's further than that, and than just the the whole Russia 
you know, especially like the Ukraine-Russia, you know, proxy war. But I also think it's it's really almost like a it's used as a cudgel, really, to go after anyone who is anti-imperialist, right? Because look, you know, you can you can get somebody like Jackson Hinkle or Nick from RBN, our our brother at RBN, and they'll go up against somebody like Bosch. And they will they will knock down every single one of their talking points, their imperialist talking points. And then next thing you know, people will consider them dangerous because they literally took them down with facts, right? Or mm-hmm. um, you you basically and, and very artfully gave questions to Rokana and you basically revealed him. Like they, you know. And the thing is, is that all we, it's like, all we really want is people to have an actual, you know, their basic material needs to be met. And for us not to go abroad to kill people for resources. That's basically all we really want. It's, it's like, is that too much to ask? That's right. So, I mean, yeah, so that, no, it's just, it kills me sometimes. I'm just like, and so, you know, you have a lot of people who somehow feel that, you know, it's, I think the, the, the propaganda has become so strong. I think it's one of the last points I'm going to make. The propaganda has been so strong that it affects people to kind of almost be like tattletales for the state. Yep. Yep. And it's They're like, snitches. <laughs> I wasn't trying to say it, but Sabby come in with the one-two punch. Boom, boom. Um, <laughs> They're snitches. Yeah, you know, and but the thing is, like, it's not snitches for some for an institution that actually is trying to look out for our best interest, though. It's snitches for people who are owned by corporations. That's what it feels like. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Yep. So I think this is why I, I, it's so important for us at independent media to continue to keep, you know, talking. And, you know, I, I want to stress to everybody, if you're not, you know, uh, on Savvy Sap's email list, make sure to get yourself on your on her email list. Make sure to you know subscribe to her Substack. If you have access to go to her Rumble or to her Rockfin channel, subscribe there because just in case. Because the thing is, is that talking you know uh, about something that threatens you know oligarchs' position and power, you know it, it, it's you know, and we have to be careful, you know, from what we say. But, you know, it could happen because it's happened before, you know, so we have to be very careful and, you know, make sure to, to do that for anybody who uh, is in independent media. I see uh, Indie Left is in the chat, so it's good to see, you know, also subscribe to them. Uh, so you have your show this evening. Um, what are you going to be talking about this evening? Yeah, so tonight we're talking about, we are talking about this Trump raid, but I'm also comparing this to the raid that happened with Henry Cuellar as well. 
We got to talk about both sides of this. I'm also going to discuss a recent conversation that happened with Richard Wolf and Noam Chomsky about the U.S. empire. And I'm also going to talk about uh, Ro Khanna's uh, job uh, explanation here about the job creation in the U.S. and people are uh, quitting. Those will be really good uh, discussions, I think. And then also, um, actually, uh, right about now, there is a uh, clip of uh, Eric, my Eric, who's my producer, him and his son actually did 11 demands for democracy. And I highly recommend that people watch that because that was very thorough and well thought out. I think we need to have some type of demands when we're asking for things. Absolutely. And I just want to thank you so much. Uh, also, you know, just let you guys know, Savvy Sab's channel, they're her, the link to her channel is inside the description. So if you're not subscribed to Savvy Sab's, make sure you do that. And then go and watch one of the videos and make sure to leave a like. Uh, Savvy, I want to thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for being my first guest. I love our conversations. And, you know, sometimes we'll be talking on the phone. I'm like, man, we should do this live. So <laughs> I actually wanted to make sure that we have one of our conversations live so that we can you know, also do this and have, uh, you know, some opinions out there, not even opinions, but talking about the factual analysis of things and, you know, let people kind of be a fly on the wall for this. So I just want to thank you. Thanks so much, JB. And sorry to rush off. I got a lot going on today, but <laughs> no, no, no. make sure to make sure to go to Savvy Savs at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time this evening on her channel. All right. See you when I see you, Sabs. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> All right, everybody. So once again, thank you to Savvy Sabs for joining me on my show today. Um, it was great to have my first guest ever, you know, on my channel return. Uh, so that was awesome. Uh, so that was great. And I deeply appreciate it. I'm going to go to the chat. And I'm going to say hello. Eric is in the house, says James Carville is proud of the Pied Piper strategy. Yeah, he is. Uh, he, he definitely is. And, you know, he's, I'm proud of the Pied Piper strategy, you know. You know, and the thing is, like, if you're proud of the Pied Piper strategy, that means you're proud that Trump won. That's what it feels like. I'm just like, no, no, bro. No, bro. Somebody get their uncle. Somebody get their uncle. I'm telling you. Tony Plow says, look up. Out of touch is the dictionary. And the whole page is a picture of Mar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that uh, I think that gel got to his head. That slipped back. Um, you see, Leroy says, James Carville is Skeletor in real life. Okay, so I'm gonna no. Rick Scott is Skeletor. Skeletor in real life. Uh, that's what I feel like. I'm gonna have to push back a little bit against you, Leroy. That's 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 Rick Rick Scott. Yeah. Oh, no, no, you know what? No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give that to you. I'm gonna give that to you because um, Rick Scott is Fire Marshal Bill. So yeah. Yipper 99 says, but he is pro, but he is pro, it's not real. So he is aware of some things, but he has political commentator for a long time. No excuses. Yeah. 
I mean, he's been in this, you know, game for a long time, you know, so. <laughs> Weird Pilgrim says the real Skeletor is offended by Carville's LARPing. <laughs> oh, damn. 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 Damn, damn. All right. We got Indy Left in this in the house. Make sure to subscribe to Indy Left and the INN Network. They do great work. They're my home away from home. Give them a sub, baby. All right. <laughs> yeah, these Eons. <laughs> Tony got jokes today. I love it. Uh, let me see. Krona Ursa says, speaking of Rolling Stones, they hired a journalist to try to interview to later smear Jackson Hinkle. Interesting. Interesting. Jackson Hinkle is making it onto Rolling Stone. <sighs> Sounds like he might be doing something right. Like him or not, you know, he's making, you know, quite a, quite some waves, in, especially in the independent media space. Hmm. Good old water. She's Black is also in the chat saying, does conservative checks must be hidden right, Owens? Yeah. It's interesting because there's a lot of money in conservative media. A lot of money. Like a huge amount of money. Because you got to remember, this country is so far to the right and it's capitalist. So therefore, where is the bulk of that money going to be? It's going to be there. And so it's kind of like, it's kind of kind of like the most biggest amount of money is going to be, you know, uh, conservative right-wing media, you know, and then slightly less is going to be like the liberal media. It's going to be, you know, still pretty high. And then as you go further to the left, the amount of money, the more that the amount of it being lucrative actually goes down because, you know, and that's the way it is. And so that's what I've noticed so far in independent media. You know, just look at the people, the biggest people who, you know, look at their channels. I think, gosh, what's his name? Um, Ben Shapiro, I think he has like 5 million subs, something like that. Like Ben Shapiro has a lot of subs, you know, and yeah, he's been doing it for, you know, he's probably been doing it for about a good 10 years, but I mean, Kyle Kalinske isn't even at a million, you know, and so what does that tell you? You know, there's just a lot of money. And then on top of the algorithms tend to favor people who are on the right or conservative or liberal circles too, so. Yes, uh, everyone is playing a role. That is really good framing. And the thing is, is that when you get to a point where you realize that both parties are all one party, then you start to realize that, you know, they have their lane, they stick to it, and they have their role. You know, Sabi was very masterful in saying that, that they, that they have that role to play. And that's all they're going to do. And if you try to, you know, uh, and this is why they don't go typically go with independent media in order, you know, because then it reveals the role, you know? So, yeah. Very, very, yes, very highly lucrative. Stephen Tremolino says right-wingers have to balance justifying attacks against the left but saying, I thought this was America when it happens to them. Yeah, 
I mean, Marjorie Taylor Greene talking about defund, you know, or, you know, you know, yeah, defunding the FBI. It's like, wait a minute. You know, where were you when we were in the streets talking about defund the police? Where were you when we were marching after George Floyd protests and we were talking about wanting to defund the police because of crimes being committed consistently against law and federal, state, and local law enforcement across this country against people especially that look like me? The thing is that she doesn't actually care about us. It's because her Lord and Savior, Donald J. Trump, was arrested. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it. Number one, he's not going to get arrested. He's just not. He's a former president. And that opens the door for other former presidents to also be, you know, uh, raided by the FBI, to be uh, investigated against. This opens the door. And the thing is that they don't want to do that. So is he going to get arrested? Yeah, but anything beyond that, I don't think so. And also, to me, this feels this feels like politics being played by this institution because if it was truly real, then they would have grounds to go against Joe Biden, Barack Obama, George W. Bush, all of their uh, all of their vice presidents. They will be able to go against Bill Clinton. Hell, even Jimmy Carter. They can't go against Reagan because guess what? Reagan and Bush Sr., they're they're dead. So by that being said, then you really can't go against them. But you probably can posthumously, you know, investigate what they've done and be like, yeah, yeah, they, they were horrible presidents. They should have been put in prison. But other than that, everybody else, they're not going to go after them because they are really the managers of power. One thing I love about CIB Sav's channel is that she actually went over the hierarchies of power within this system. And the middle managers are actually presidents. Presidents, prime ministers, PMs, they are all the middle managers. They're not the people who are at the tippy top. So somebody like a Barack Obama, somebody like a, a George W. Bush or a Bill Clinton or a Donald Trump, they were just the middle managers. And the thing is, is that all they're doing is giving Donald Trump a slap on the wrist to say, you talk too much. That's all it really is. That's honestly what it is. Because Donald Trump really just did all the things that all the other presidents did. He just did it loudly. He was just, he had a big mouth. That's it. You know? So that's from what I've observed. And like I said in this week earlier, I do not think that that it's like, okay, if the FBI is going to raid them, then they better start raiding all the rest of these presidents and all the people that approved of these military occupations, which, you know, committed crimes against humanity. You can, you can arrest George W. Bush against crimes against humanity just alone from Abu Ghraib. Just from that alone. Guantanamo Bay for holding prisoners without trial, for going against, you know, the, the, Geneva, the Geneva Conventions. That being said, they're not going to do it. They don't want to. Because it's owned and operated by 
the oligarchs in this country. So somebody like Marjorie Taylor Greene, somebody like Candace Owens, actually calling for the defunding of the FBI, they don't really mean it. It's just theater. Like Savvy said, they're playing a role. And they're doing it for you. All the world is a stage. And many have played their parts. So that's basically what's going on. Thank you very much for that, Stephen. Does she not catch John Bolton openly admitting that he playing coups? Yeah. John Bolton also needs to be in the in prison. He needs to be under the prison, you know? So, yeah. Joe Biden is the soda jerk. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but. Soda jerk. Interesting. Reality Revolution says, I don't get Jackson Hinkle's phenomenon. I'm concerned he's favored by establishment. I don't know. I can't say uh, either one way or another. Um, but I do know that he uh, is, you know, he spoke out you know, against what was going on in the proxy war against the R and U countries. Um, so yeah, I'm not exactly sure, but you know, time, time reveals all. That's all I'll say. Um, let me see. Okay. So yeah. And just to let you guys know, um, I will be doing the reading. I'm a little behind on my reading for Dirty Truths by Michael Parenti, but I'm going to get back on that. Um, man, having a surgery really just like get you off your game. Uh, and then also Blood in My Eye by George Jackson, exclusively on Rockfin. I'll be getting back into that soon. Uh, and actually, now that I think of it, um, see if I could go back to thrift books and see if I can get this book for the next reading for the for after that. But yes, so uh, thank you everyone so much for coming on to the stream today. Uh, I will be joining Nick on RBN Live. I think he is live now. They're starting a little early, and then we have a special guest coming on uh, in about 45 minutes. So I will be getting off soon, taking myself a short break, and then I'll be on RBN Live with Nicholas to talk about these different things as well. I'm pretty sure we could be talking about Trump as well. <laughs> I can't wait to get his reactions. It's going to be hilarious. It's going to be fun. Uh, also, um, I'm thinking about doing uh, some some panels in the future. Um, if you guys can, 
Um, comment in the comments what type of panels on which subjects that you guys would like to hear about. Um, oh, I need to get the Bank Sisters on here to talk about Camp Dada. Dada, Dada, Dada. I want to get her them on because that's very, very important. Uh, because Camp Dada is actually a a, a direct action that's going to be going on, I think, in a uh, in about a month from now. And so uh, I would like to get them on to talk about it because it's also extremely important that we talk about it uh, to, to, you know, in, in some more support. Shout out to the Bank Sisters and everybody who is organizing for Camp Dada. Uh, that is also very important. And so, um, yeah, so that's basically it. Uh, thank you for everyone for watching the stream. Uh, also, uh, please, before you go, before you go, leave a like. Please, please. Um, it helps out with the algorithm. Uh, and if you have not subscribed, then please make sure to subscribe. Um, also, thank you to everyone who's a patron on Patreon, Coffee, people who send me, you know, on my other, you know, uh, payment, uh, you know, apparatuses that are in the description. I appreciate it very much. It definitely helps keep the lights on. Um, and yeah, so uh, water your plants, water yourselves, have a cookie. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Have a cookie. Chocolate chip macadamia nut cookie. And if it got a little TAC in it, well, <laughs> well, then it looks like you're eating them if you got them. Forehead kisses. Forehead kisses. Eat some cookies. Peanuts, butter, cookies.